we're continuing our series called The King and His Cross, um, and uh, we're exploring the Gospel of Mark, and we've reached Mark chapter 4, uh, verses 35 to 41, and that can be found on page 1006 of the Bibles that have been handed out, uh, or you can tap or swipe to that uh, in your device, or uh, it will appear on screen behind me. And when I was, uh, when I was starting to prepare this talk, uh, I was like really excited, and I was like, yeah. Um, we're going to do a nice vision talk to start 2018. Uh, we're going to have um, a really good kind of like, we can do this, guys. We can um, do what God is calling us to do in Stonehaven. I had the passage before um, about uh, the lamp uh, shining in the darkness and let your light shine. I had uh, faith as small as a mustard seed. Um, and I was like, yes, this is going to be a great vision talk that people can hear that. But then as I was preparing, uh, my... Um, Wednesdays are my prep day for sermons. As I was preparing, I was preparing this all the way through Wednesday. And then about half four, uh, half an hour before clocking off, uh, I, I just prayed to God about what I was preparing. And the Lord said to me, don't do that. Which I really appreciated, as you can imagine. And, it, and he said to me, and I felt really clearly, he said, Noelle, you need to talk about the storms. You need to focus on that. And um, I felt God was saying that, the festive period for some of us has been really good. It's been a really good relaxing time. But also, it's been a time where maybe we've had storms in our lives that have been building up. And those last two weeks have just been a mask. The storms are still there. Maybe for some of us, there's clouds that are hanging over us, waiting to become storms. I felt like God was saying, we must talk about the storms today, as we need to know how to deal with them. Because for this year, there is opportunity, there is vision, there is places where we can bring light into the darkness, where we can show God's love to others. But for many of us, it comes from first navigating through the storms. So I've called this talk today, Navigating the Storms. And what the questions I'm going to look at today are, um, are what do the storms look like in our lives? What do they look like? And how can we navigate through those storms? So I'm going to read Mark 4, uh, verses 35 to 41. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Just want to pray for a second just for us as we start this passage. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you uh, that the truths that were true uh, 2,000 years ago are still true for our lives now. And Holy Spirit, we just pray, would you come and would you speak to each one of us now? Would you uh, reveal the truth that we need to hear this morning? Amen. 
So firstly, um, what are the storms uh, that will appear in our lives? How will they appear and how, uh, what creates them? And um, to start off this, I, I felt like I had a little story from when I was younger. Uh, when I was 12, um, at my school, at the end of first year, we went on an activities week. And uh, this was at uh, a lock in uh, Scotland. can't remember exactly where it was. Um, but it was lots of fun. Uh, it was an idea for team building, for getting to know one another, and really getting first years. Uh, you know, when you're 12, you don't really speak to many people, but getting out of your shell, getting to know uh, one another. And um, there was many activities that were part of that. And the first one on the first day, uh, the activity was windsurfing. And um, this was all fine, but the issue was uh, the lock was dead calm. So there was no wind at all. So our instructor was trying to maybe wait for some wind to come. So he was like uh, giving us activities to do on the beach. Um, and uh, this is how you're supposed to surf. This is how you're supposed to do the, the windsurfing thing. I'm not an expert, as you can tell. And um, But eventually we had to go out onto the lock. And um, now I'm not the tallest, as you can tell, at 29. So imagine a 12-year-old Ali Elder uh, with a full-size windsurf uh, thing uh, trying to surf without any wind and it wasn't going well all i would do is like get up and get my sail up and then go like straight back down not happening and not much fun so we had that and it was like dead calm and i was like okay that's fine the rest of the week it's going to be dead calm there's not going to be any issues and the next time we're on the lock this time we're uh, going sailing and um these sailboats uh i would liken them to a kitchen sink uh, in size and also durability. Um, so they were very, very small. Um, they had a little sail, they had a mast, they had the beam. Uh, if you've ever done sailing, those are all technical terms. I looked them up. And uh, we had a short lesson and then we were out on the water. And again, dead calm. All fine. Had to go around this course. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, or to me it felt like out of nowhere, uh, being a 12-year-old kid, uh, there was just suddenly the storm came and the wind came and the waves and uh, the rain started and I started to panic. I was like, oh my goodness, what do I do? Uh, I had my life vest on. I was, I was like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? So I'm like panicking, trying to um, sail, but I'm not doing a very good job. Water's coming into the boat and I'm like trying to get it out and I'm like screaming to the instructor. I'm like, help, help, help. And then the instructor comes over, cool as you like, in his boat and he's like, Ali, it's okay. You have nothing to worry about because you're actually still in the harbour area. If you came out of the boat, then you'd actually be able to stand up. I was like, oh, okay. That's okay then. And the point of that is that it doesn't take much for us sometimes to be blown off course. It doesn't take much uh, for storms to come and to feel like they're the biggest thing in the world. And then for suddenly, all our hopes, all our dreams, everything that we're gunning towards everything that is towards our destination we're stuck in the harbour area we're stuck with nowhere to go and the sea of galilee uh, was uh, known uh, by geologists known by historians uh, for being much more susceptible uh, to storms than Milo's lock as you can imagine it's actually regarded as in a unique position for storms to start quickly and unexpectedly uh, a couple of factors of why that is the the lake itself is 200 uh, over 200 meters below sea level and uh, so effectively, it's a basin. And effectively around it are um, hills and mountains that range from 1,500 feet to 3,000 feet. So the equivalent of a Scottish Monroe. And um, so as you can imagine, if any rain comes, any kind of um, 
rainfall comes and from these mountains and it'll all come down and it'll almost like funnel down into this basin, uh, making um, much more opportunity for storms to come. All this water gushing into the lake, filling it up. And with that as well, um, it was had this mountains around it, but at one point it also had an area where um, the wind could come through, almost like a valley. And um, because it was kind of a tight area, it almost made it much more streamlined, much more pipelined for this uh, wind to come through. And so on a daily basis, between 12 and 6 o'clock, uh, these storms would, in the summer, they would create a boiling cauldron where just this wind was coming. And all the time, uh, there was just this wind all around uh, the lake. But in the winter, it would be even worse because you would have the where we are in Israel, uh, the lake would be warm usually, but then you have those cold winter winds, which I'm sure many of us ex- have experienced this week. They would hit the lake and then that would create between the hot air and the cold air that would create this these kind of uh, waves and these winds that would come up, uh, almost making a perfect formula for a storm on the sea. And uh, in our lives, um, the circumstances that we face uh, can often create the storms. They're like that water coming down uh, from the mountains. They're like the wind that comes down from the mountains. But how we react to those circumstances can be like the wind that's coming through that gate. And that can then fuel those storms, that can exacerbate those storms, uh, which if we have the wrong attitude, if we have the wrong reactions to them, can fuel that. So firstly, I want to talk about uh, the circumstances that create storms. We all have circumstances in our lives that can turn into a storm. I don't want to dwell on this too much, but in this new year, I think it's good and healthy to recognize things that can be positive to recognize that these are things that can create a storm. And um, these are things that I've thought through, that I've just prayed about, that I feel that for some of us, we're maybe struggling with one of those, some of us were maybe struggling with a couple of these things, maybe some of us were not, but just these things that keep crocking up in my head when thinking about, Lord, what are the storms? What are the storms that are coming or are in our lives at the moment? Physical health. Our bodies are incredible, but they're also susceptible to so much pain. A broken bone can be severe pain, or an illness or a disease can keep us off work and cause many other issues. And I know that personally, we as a family are living through that right now with my dad uh, being diagnosed with a type of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And um, seeing him uh, kind of, in some ways, uh, fight uh, this illness with everything he has, but also deteriorate in other ways has been a real uh, challenge on our family and a challenge on him and his life of the things that he wants to do, he wants to achieve. There's physical health. There's also mental health. Much more a prevalent issue than it used to be. But mental health can steal, destroy and rob our joy, our peace, our self-esteem. And I feel that if we can't talk about these issues in church, then we can't talk anywhere sometimes. But we need to recognize that these are things, these are circumstances that can create storms. And that could be depression, it could be anxiety, it could be stress, it could be many other diagnosed mental health issues. But for all of us, we might face that at some point. 
For some of us, uh, we may have felt the crunch last year, uh, where we've taken hits in our pay, where we've maybe faced redundancy, where we've had situations to face about finance. The stress of looking for work or providing for our families can cause storms. For others, it might be having issues at work where um, we're getting pressure from our boss, uh, we're struggling to get on with our work colleagues, um, we're maybe dreading that one email that comes in that we know is going to come in at half four on a Friday afternoon. Or maybe we're dreading sending that email that we know we're going to have to send and we wait until half four on a Friday afternoon so we can put our stress on someone else. Not that I've ever done that at all. Or anyone here has ever done that. Um, relationships. We have seen a toll on our relationships last year, our friendships. We may have been struggled to maintain friendships or, or feel that they've been one-sided. The most modern problem I have found is when you send a WhatsApp message and you see that the person has got the, blue, the two blue ticks beside and they've read the message and they don't respond. Or even worse, you see the two blue ticks beside their message and you're in another group chat with them and they've responded in the group chat but they've not responded to you. How am I getting stressed about this? I don't know, but I do. Because I think, oh, what have I done? What have I done? Why, why did they respond to that and not to me? Maybe for some of us, we've struggled in our marriage this year, last year. Maybe for some of us, we've struggled with our kids last year. There's been issues around our kids or things that we've done, things they've done that have created difficulties there. Maybe we've suffered loss in the last year. Loss of loved ones, grieving, mourning. Maybe there's other things. Maybe um, for some of our younger guys here, exams and the pressure of those or bullying, the pressure of that as well. All of these things, when they don't go well, when they don't go the way that we necessarily think that we want, when we're sailing along on that sea, can easily create a storm. I just want to pray into that very quickly. I realize I've prayed a lot, but that's a good thing. I just want to pray into the areas where maybe God just wants to bring up in our lives of what is a storm in our lives. Let's pray now. Hey Lord Jesus, we just come before you now. And I just pray for each one of us that you would put in our mind's eye what are the storms that we are facing in our lives at the moment? What are those circumstances? Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would come and you would show us now. Amen. So these storms, these uh, circumstances that we face, that we all face, whatever they are, they can um, create these storms. But then it's our attitude, and that's not the right word, that's not exactly the right word I wanted to, but almost our mindset, how we deal with these storms can either um, put these storms off or can fuel it. And if we have the wrong mindset, if we have the wrong attitude, then that can make these storms become bigger, um, adding to the storms. So our attitude, our mindset fuels these storms. The circumstances, how we react, um, if we have an unhealthy attitude, an unhealthy mindset, we can fuel the storms, the fuel the waves to create a massive, unpredictable, uncontrollable storm. So a few signs of unhealthy attitude, unhealthy mindset. And just think about these, uh, maybe in your own heart. It's just things I've thought about. Words. Firstly, how we speak. 
if we go into every day approaching circumstances with our with words that can be negative, that can fuel the storms. Often I find myself um, going into a situation and it not going well, and then my first reaction is like, oh, well, I knew that was going to happen. Of course that was going to happen. It always happens. Or we constantly say, oh, all I am is busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. How are you, Ali? I'm busy. If I say I'm busy, I'm always busy, aren't I? I'm busy. All these words, all these ways that we speak, how we talk about ourselves, how we talk about our situations, they can fuel those storms. Also, our approach to life. I remember last year uh, at the leadership conference, uh, our church leadership conference, which is happening this week, at the, this time last year, there was a man called David Stroud who came. Um, and he was a church planter from London, really a great speaker, really wise, good wisdom. And um, just in a time of ministry, he stepped up um, to address us all. And he said, having spoken to a number of you, looking around, um, I just have a feeling that for many of us here, we live a life where there's not much margin in our lives. And what he meant by that is that we live in a, in a culture where it's a deadline culture, where it's a last-minute culture, that for many of us, that if we live like everything is last-minute, that that can create waves. There's no margin, there's no wiggle room in our lives that when the thing doesn't get done in the time we think it's going to get done, then that can create waves. That can create the wind that fuels a storm. It also means that if we're at full capacity all the time, that if something happens that is unexpected, then we won't be able to cope. We'll fuel that storm as well. There's words. There's approach. There's also uh, wrong voices that we listen to, and I, this is this is one I need to work on, because it's about our phones, or it's about how we consume media, how we consume uh, our information. And if we are before we get up in the morning, we are looking on Twitter, or we're looking on the BBC News, or we're looking on Facebook. Before we even go to the bathroom in the morning, then we are marinating ourselves in the wrong type of voices. I found even more and more in life that news is based on opinion at the moment than fact. And that opinion can be scary. And social media is based on everyone's highlights when you're thinking about your lowlights. And if we're looking at that, if that's the first thing that we reach to in the morning, then we're already thinking, oh my goodness. My life sucks compared to them. Or why do I even bother? Those wrong voices doesn't help our peace of mind, but it fuels the storms. Quickly, our expectations. Sometimes we, uh, for some of us, we maybe have an addiction that we don't know about to pleasing people. And we put such high expectations on ourselves that we can never reach that bar. We say yes to everything. So when circumstances change, we can't handle it. And maybe when those circumstances change, when we don't do well, then we fail. And I know for me, I don't handle failure very well. So I either don't admit I fail and I become prideful, or I'm gutted I fail and I become ashamed. And all of these things, all of these things can fuel the storms in our lives. So with these changes in circumstances, with the wrong attitudes, um, you can see how quickly and easily it can become for storms to arise in our lives. 
And I can feel like the disciples did in verse 37, where it said, A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. The disciples, they were in panic mode. They had no idea what to do. They were trying to bail water out of the boat. And when those wrong circumstances come, we can feel exactly like that. So those are the storms. Those are the storms we face in our lives. And now we can recognize them. So how do we navigate the storms? How do we get through that to the other side? The first thing we do is we seek out an SOS. It's all right. We're getting positive now. We've had the, we had the low. We're coming up to a high finish. Don't worry. We seek out an SOS. So the situation, the disciples are panicking. They don't know what to do. It seems like they're going uh, to sink. And in desperation, they come and they find Jesus. And they say in Mark 4, 38, they kind of wake him up and they say, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Or uh, another version, the English Standard Version, which sounds very posh. It's like, do not care that we are perishing. And the other versions of Matthew and Luke of this Bible, they just say, save us. We're going to drown. Save us. We're going to drown. Now, some of the disciples, they were fishermen. Um, we know that. But actually, as a, as a people, the Israelites, they weren't the seafaring type. Um, a little bit like myself. Uh, they were much happier on dry land. And um, the sea for the Israelite nation, came to represent a dark power. It came to represent something that was threatening to destroy God's creation. Uh, In the book of Daniel, uh, there's a prophecy uh, that's talked about um, a monster coming from the sea. And uh, that's what they, they think of. They think, oh, the sea, that's where darkness is, that's where things that I'm not going to cope with that are going to be too scary, too powerful for me to get over. That's what they would associate with the sea. So they're thinking, already going into this uh, sea, like, oh, I don't like the sea. And then this storm comes, and they're absolutely terrified. And we can sit here, knowing what happens next, and thinking, oh my goodness, those Israelites, what were they thinking? I mean, those disciples, why are they calling on Jesus? They know what's going to happen. They know he's going to be okay. But, if we're honest with ourselves, then I know that in that situation, I'd be panicking too. And I'd be saying, Jesus, help me. Because I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't got a clue. And I know that he says, do you not have, have faith? But I tell you what, I think that in this situation, when we're in that storm, maybe the first time we've experienced that storm, we don't know what's going on, I think it's okay to ask Jesus for help. I think it's okay to put out that SOS and to say, Jesus, come and help me. The disciples call on the name of Jesus and three words, the wind and the waves die down. He says, calm or quiet, be still. What I love If you read the message version, right? He tells the wind to pipe down. Isn't that the most Scottish thing you've ever heard? Wind and waves, pipe down! I love that. I think it's okay in this passage to ask for help. Jesus will meet us with his presence. We can trust in God. 
He's delivered his people from the storm before and he will deliver again. In Psalm 107, the psalmist says, he stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. The Israelites would have known the Psalms. They would have known that. So they could then relate back and say, yes, my God was the God for David that stilled those storms to a whisper. He made those waves hush. He's done it before. He can do it again. And that means if he did it before for the Israelites, then he can do it again for us. We see that here. We see that in that psalm. And we can see that in our lives as well. If he did it before, he can do it again. We can have that confidence when we cry out to God. If he's done it before, he can do it again. And I'm... Just when I was preparing this little bit, I had a, uh, was reminded of the film Titanic, a film that maybe all of us have seen at one, one upon, once upon a time. And um, near the end, uh, there are people on the Titanic who are drowning, who are, who are struggling. And um, there's that lifeboat that goes round looking for people. And you have those people furiously looking uh, with those um, torches looking. And there's one person, uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but there's one person on a raft, for well, no spoilers away, for a 20-year-old movie, over 20 years, think about that. Um, and they're on the raft, and then they find a whistle. And then with everything they have on this um, bit of um, shipwreck, they blow this whistle as much as they can, with all their might, they blow this whistle, and you see this boat that was going away, then suddenly turns round and finds this person. And they wouldn't have found them without the blow of the whistle. And my point is that if we suffer in silence, the life rafts won't see us. If we suffer in silence, the life rafts won't see us. Only on hearing that whistle do they come back. And as a church, we want to support people. We want to um, navigate, help navigate people through these storms, to bring people to Jesus, to help, um, to help him to calm the storms. We want to bring these people so he can calm the storms in their lives. We can pray with you. We can support you. We can set up prayer ministry for God to do all these things. But that requires us taking that first step and saying help. That blowing that whistle, calling out that SOS, becoming vulnerable and saying I need help. For some of us I feel I need to just say let us pastor you. Whether that's in a small group, whether that's Jill and I, whatever that looks like, let us pastor you. That's what we're here for. We don't have any pride, there's no shame in calling for help. That's how we get to Jesus, how Jesus meets us. We call for help. Our pride will take a dent, but it'll be worth it. For a man who's called for help many times, it's okay. I can tell you that. So we navigate the storms, we seek the SOS, and finally we cling to the anchor. The disciples are panicking. They're looking for Jesus in the boat. Where is Jesus on the boat? He's in the stern. He's sleeping on a cushion. We all face these storms. How does Jesus react? He doesn't. He's asleep. And that, to me, is incredibly comforting. I know the God uh, of all creation, 
who created everything, he's not just calm in the storm, but he's asleep in the storm. It's like the worst that life has to throw. And he's not bothered. He's not phased. He's getting some shut eye. That gives me comfort. Jesus wasn't worried. He was in control. It's often said, in the middle of the storm, the eye of the storm is the calmest point. All around there are the big waves and winds that are going on. But if you get right at the heart of the storm, it's actually the calmest point. And Jesus was right at the, at the heart of that storm. And in that storm, in that eye of the storm, he was calm. Everything was under control. The storms didn't face him because he's in charge. I want to say, whatever storms you face in life, our God can handle it. In Psalm 61, the psalmist cries, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. And Hebrews 6 says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Jesus is that rock, Jesus is that refuge, and Jesus is that anchor. Our first reaction can be that we send out that SOS. I think that's okay. But when we understand that these storms come, when they come in life, but we know with the knowledge that our God is greater, then we can learn to cling to the anchor, cling to Jesus. And that's what we see from the disciples here. Their reaction at the end of this passage was like, who is this man that he can control the waves? But the next time they're on the water, uh, when Jesus walks on the water, when he comes back onto the boat, when the wind and the waves die down from there, their reaction is very different. It says, Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Truly you are the Son of God. The disciples, they went from panicking and not knowing fully who Jesus was to praising and worshipping him, recognising he is the Son of God. So when the storms come, we can seek that SOS and we can learn to cling to the rock of Jesus, knowing he is greater than the storm to pull us through. I want to finish um, just with this line. Um, One of my favourite songs, worship songs, uh, modern worship songs, was a song by Matt Redman uh, called Songs in the Night. I don't know if you remember it, but um, I just love the words in that song. And one verse says, So when I am in the storm, Lord, the storm is not in me. You will be my peace. I'll wait here. Let's stand. I'll pray for us.